Nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, Nurse Deck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insider's Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna Kinney-Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hi, everybody. Brianna here with another installment of our Insider Perspective interview series for Nurse Deck. Here at Nurse Deck, we like to give nurses a place to belong to, a platform to be heard from, but most importantly, the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. Nurse Deck is built on our collective nurse voice, and today we are proud to add the voice of Dr. Diane Cannon. Diane is joining us from Oklahoma. Um, she is the current Director of Clinical Education and Innovation at ZappyMed, and is also a healthcare consultant, educator, and innovator with over 25 years of experience in everything from clinical research to data analytics, really just a veritable nurse of all trades um, and a global nurse-focused leader. Um, We're so happy to have you. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Let's jump in. Tell us how you got your start in nursing, a little bit about your journey, and our favorite question, did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse, or did you stumble into it, back into it? Sure. No. Um, you know, I, I've always been a caregiver and a, and a, and a teacher, and I I was either going to go into medicine or teaching. And so my dad was a teacher and a football coach and he kind of steered me away from that and said, no, 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 no medicine. And, and, and I, I had a a hometown doctor that really um, was a mentor to me. So I actually started out with the thought that I was going to go into, uh, go to medical school, Ah. a very small town. And, and so, you know, when you're a big fish in a small pool, sometimes you get to a large campus and, and it was a kind right. of a shock to my system. And I thought, Oh man, I don't know if I can handle yeah. medical school. So through um, different jobs, I've been a personal trainer and I've done medical transcription and, and just to really talk to a lot of people in the industry. And I had a, an ER doc that said, you need to come and see what my nurses do. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a very narrow view of what nurses did mm-hmm. Uh, this is not it. And I was completely blown away. I was like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. And I applied to nursing school and I never looked back. Yeah. Do you think you would have had a similar reaction had he been like, you know, a a surgeon or or another department? Or do you think there was something about the ED that really spoke to you? You know, there was really something about the ED that spoke to me because i I loved how there were standing orders 
I loved how the nurses, um, I mean, they, they didn't have to ask anyone a chest pain rolled in, you know, the, it, I, it was the night shift and the doc went mm -hmm. in the sleep room. And so they did everything until they needed mm -hmm. him. And yep. so that in and of itself, I, I didn't know that was possible. So yeah. just so many things I learned in the ER mm -hmm. had just kind of laid that groundwork for me then to build from there. Right, right. You were able to really see nurses as autonomous clinicians rather than just carrying out somebody's orders. Um, yeah, that's my background is in ED as well. And I, I had a similar feeling like you can really do your own nursing work here. I mean, yeah. it was, yeah. The concept of a practice that nurses own yeah. themselves instead of, you know, my narrative of just being kind of, you know, the, the handmaiden of the physician. Right which right. is completely wrong. I had it so backwards. And right. Yeah. Yeah. What a great opportunity for you to see that so early on before you even set foot in, in classroom work, you know, mm -hmm. um, tell us you, I mentioned it in our intro, but you do so much. I encourage everyone to go look at your LinkedIn page because I was blown away by all, I mean, we talk a lot about how nurses can wear so many different hats. I, I think you've worn almost all of them, like even just your clinical experience to, to stuff you've done as an entrepreneur and a consultant. Um, I mean, but that takes a ton of work to accomplish all of that and to, and to just try it out. Um, Work-life balance is something we talk about a lot. Um, do you have specific measures that you take to control or to implement some sort of a balance with work-life? Well, that's why I have such a varied career path is because for me, um, the work-life balance was the one thing that came first and I mm. can be a nurse anywhere and do anything. And so mm. throughout my personal life, when I was single, then married, then had, you know, a new baby at home and then three babies and, yeah. and moved around with my husband, um, I really looked for things not only that would challenge me professionally and, and where I could learn new things, but would fit the lifestyle that I needed, whether it was a 12-hour shift or a night shift or a weekend or whatever. Those were the things that were so important to me that I found um, nursing just really lends itself to. Yeah, absolutely. You can really be a chameleon if, if that's, you know, something that, that you need to be for your life um, at home. Um, talk to us a little bit about burnout. We talk a mm -hmm. lot in these conversations that we're having about that, um, how you identify your own burnout um, or how you prevent it or handle it if you're feeling like it's coming on. Yeah, you know, that's that's changed over the years when I was in the ER and um, my my burnout and frustration came from just the stress and overwhelming um, burden um, of being a newer nurse. I went right mm -hmm. into the door. But then as I continue to grow in my practice, um, stress and, and burnout, you know, kind of evolve. It's, it's always been there a little bit, I think, for nurses. Sure. Um, how do you how do you balance all of the things in your life and you know, for, for me, the, the worst burnout I think I ever felt was when I was a clinical instructor during COVID and mm. trying to not only manage my own 
work life, managed my students to make sure that they got all of the education that they needed to be prepared to graduate, mm -hmm. um, how to pivot to online learning, and then yeah. also take care of my kids while they were home doing right. online online learning. And, and for me, it really is about um, I, I meditate, I do yoga, I run, um, I cook, mm -hmm. I have friends group. So there, for me, there's not just one thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's the shared um, understanding that the, a lot of people were going through that. And, and right. sometimes I needed to handle that on my own, but mm -hmm. then sometimes I needed to, to be with a group. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important um, to have a little bit of different uh, streams that you can pull from um, mm -hmm. depending on what your needs are. Um, I think that's important for nurses everywhere because I think sometimes people confuse self-care with like getting a manicure and it's so far beyond that. Um, so I think those are really great examples that you listed. Um, you've had a lot of nursing leadership roles. Um, what are some major challenges or changes that you're currently facing as a result of the pandemic? Sure. Well, the major the major shift that I had um, I, I've always had multiple hat worn multiple hats, and after uh, the pandemic and coming through it as a professor, I mean, I was just baked. I was, yeah. I was absolutely, I, I, I needed <clears throat> something different, and mm -hmm. so with the support of my family, I was able to take some of my side gigs and open up my own consulting company, and really take the lessons that I learned. Um, innovating online for my uh, nursing students mm. and use those for myself to be able yeah. to work home, to be my own leader um, yeah. and to really look at the nursing crisis. And, and so for me, I want to make a difference in not just the individual patients from the bedside, mm -hmm. but but how can I use all of my experience right. um, as a nurse leader, as a nurse, and all the roles that I've that I've been in to come up with solutions from a nurse's perspective, not from right. the top down, right? From from the bottom up and really looking yeah. at what do nurses want? What do we need? What's going to keep us engaged? Yes. And how do we get shared governance? Mm -hmm. Those things, right? Yeah. Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from Nurse Deck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there.
Yeah, no, that's a, a great answer. Um, I liked what you touched on with the nursing crisis that we're in. I think one of the big parts of that that a lot of nurses are feeling that we we get feedback on is, you know, already a problem to some degree that was there, just the, the general umbrella of a nursing shortage, but now one that's been compounded by the pandemic and, you know, nurses leaving for greener pastures or higher education. Um, as a innovation thought leader, what innovative solutions um, do you think that we can work on um, specifically with the growing nursing shortage, especially when we have all these nurses that are set to retire in the next 10 years as well? Sure. I, you know, from my perspective, um, nurses need to be empowered. Um, we're, we're not a shy group, right? <laughs> Um, we, we are used to um, being in charge of our patients or being in charge of our students, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, just because you're not a manager or a director, you're still a leader in, in some capacity. And so I think it's very important for cultures in hospitals or organizations or, or um, whoever is hiring the nurse to understand that it's more, it's so much more than just a sign-on bonus. It's so much more, right. than, um, you know, yes, benefits are great, but you can get the same benefits across the street. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are going to attract a nurse, keep a nurse in your organization for a very long time mm -hmm. and enable that nurse to have their career trajectory and still be yeah. the master of their own career Right. If you want to keep a nurse and you want your turnover down, you need to figure out how to do that within your organization. And that comes with stay interviews. It comes with um, shared governance. It comes with listening and giving nurses seat at the table, even yeah. if it's minor, a minor seat. You know, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be at the at a great big um, event. Mm -hmm. We know nursing, right? Mm -hmm. Let us do our job and empower us and, right. and um, help us and support us along that way. Yeah, yeah. I think we've really reached a, a crossroads right now between administrators and the nursing workforce where nurses are just done <laughs> with yeah. settling. Um, yeah. and, and thank goodness for that because it, we need changes even before the pandemic hit. So... <laughs> to have nurses feel empowered that there's more of us than there are of, you know, of the, the people that need us. Um, I just think that there's so much kinetic energy there that can be used in so many cool ways. Um, and it's been really nice to, to talk to people out in the field that are, that are describing those things, but you hit it exactly on the head. Um, it's not about money, although we hear about that all the time, you know, of course with the travel nurses and, and people, being uh, drawn to greener pastures with that, but that's not what keeps you at a uh, facility um, in any sense. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about some of the programs that you have designed or executed um, specifically with nursing education? You mentioned um, you were teaching right in the middle of when COVID hit. Um, and I, I always think about that, that first class of students that was just like, well, we're not going back to clinical. Well, we're gonna, you know, you know that one sim lab we have, now we're gonna just do everything there. And 
I, I just can't even imagine getting through that and also feeling the, the urgency to get these groups of nurses graduated and into the workforce to help. Um, can you talk a little bit about the changes you saw that you helped to implement um, to get those nurses out there? Sure. So, I, re I mean, I, I remember the very last day of clinical and I had my nurses in the ICU and and we had COVID patients and, and we weren't caring directly for the COVID patients. We were learning so much. We were supporting the nurses that were caring for the COVID patients. Yeah. We were looking at medications that hadn't been used in a long time or new medications. Yeah. You know, we were... Um, we were helping go find more pumps, you know, for patients who had four, four yeah. pumps. And, and so I distinctly remember that and knowing it's never going to be the same and how mm -hmm. my, my students, I needed to push my students, but I also needed to protect them. Yeah. Make sure that they mm -hmm. had uh, the um, education that they needed because uh, it was, it was going to be rough. Yeah. And so um, because I had some experience um, with informatics and teaching online, um, I really helped develop some uh, virtual uh, yeah. rooms for um, being for our students to use to, uh, as clinical experiences. We did a mm -hmm. lot of online critical thinking um, experiences. I took them through some, you know, there's some wonderful open source free um, simulations out there. Yeah. And so I would take groups of students via Zoom through those and we would have our clinicals there with lots yeah. of discussion and in question and answer. So multiple different ways. And because of that forced experience, I really kind of got into it. Yeah. And that led me to um, working with a VR company who was creating nursing uh, training simulations through virtual reality. And then that led me into more and more um, online things, which led me into my consulting business. And now here I am with Zappy Med. Yep. And, um, you know, they, they hired me at first as a consultant, but, you know, we We've really um, become so nurse driven and nurse focused. They get it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I help them redesign their website and yeah. they're, um, they're, we're doing some podcasts and webinars and just really, really cool yeah. things to let our customers know that we get it. And then also to hear from nurses so we can build the technology right. that is user friendly that um, can help organizations create that culture to mm. help nursing shortage. Yeah, yeah. It really is a cool time. I mean, I, just thinking of this pandemic had hit even 30 years ago, 20 years ago, all of that technology wasn't available. And so for that to have it happen at the same time um, was probably very daunting to be like, could we use all these things that seem like they would be applicable and super helpful and the students would be engaged with it maybe take our mind off of this like apocalyptic <laughs> situation um but it yeah i've i we had a conversation with someone who helps design some of those um virtual reality simulations and i what i didn't understand was i thought it was you know 
just really like a sim lab. Like you're gonna put on your goggles, see a dummy there. And she's like, no, like our entire classroom is VR. Like, and she walked me through all of it. I was like, oh man, that's yeah. exciting. You know, you can change out the avatars, you can have an right. older you can have a baby and when you're holding the controllers they'll vibrate or right. they'll, you know, you'll actually get some tact it's very cool yeah it does seem so i like went down a big rabbit hole that night looking at all this <laughs> stuff but i was like but, you know when i went to school i graduated nursing school in 98 so i started in 1996 i was the very first class my class was the first class to do any online oh wow courses yep um Oklahoma University and I remember oh, I had cool. a big computer you know yeah. it was so <laughs> yeah. expensive but by God I was gonna do it yeah yeah I'm right there with you I was I didn't go straight into nursing but I graduated high school in 97 and then but I remember just the computer labs and like losing all your data and like oh, yeah. I'm gonna be here all night you know <laughs> but having one foot in the before and one foot in the the possibilities that are out there and then I feel like we can appreciate those changes the most. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, future innovations for the nursing industry. I mean, uh, you know, related to COVID or not, um, what would you like to see continue to happen? What do you think would be the most helpful or exciting developments coming down? You know, there, there's so much out there. And, and in the last two years since I've been doing this, I've, join different organizations that either have a, a tech focus on the patient or have a tech focus on the the staff. And I would really like to see more of a of a crossover, you know, because there there, there are systems like Epic or whatever your EHR is. Mm -hmm. um, and that gathers a lot of data. Right. And then there's the systems that work with the HR and staffing. My goal and my hope is to somehow be able to cross those over to ultimately come up with true staffing matrix. Yes. For acuity that yeah. not only takes into consideration the number of patients in your ICU, but mm -hmm. their acuity level. And then yeah. you can visualize, okay, I have these nurses, but what is their skill mix? Right. Look over the organization. And maybe if I work in the ER, um, if, if my role is in the ER, but I used to work oncology, I, you may not know that I have, um, I don't know, I, you know, ventilator experience right. or chemotherapy experience. But if that's somehow, if we can use AI, and this is yeah. what I'm working on wow, can we yeah. try somehow to make sure that the staffing office and the nurse manager and everybody knows who's where yeah. with skills that are available right. to yeah. be to truly have safe staffing ratios with right. an uh, equitable uh, staff mix yes yeah that's, that's I've never heard it explained that way but that is such a good use of you know what we say big data <laughs> you know all this stuff this information that can be collected but to funnel it into something like you said that can just spit out here's your perfect or close to perfect ratio of where everybody's skills could best be used for today you know and that's that's we're like this much the tip of the iceberg with nhs yeah. in england right and 
kind of we're starting down that path. That's my so our short term goal is is, you know, figuring out the skills gap mm -hmm. and then tracking it and figuring out competencies. Yeah. But my long term goal and their long term goal is just that. Yeah. I mean, because imagine if you're a nurse with these unique skill sets and every nurse has their own yeah. and being placed in an assignment. Um, you know, I'm thinking like if everybody was a float nurse, but even, even without that being placed somewhere that you could really do what you do best for your patients, like, and if every day was like that or close to that, I mean, that would be incredible as a work experience for the nurse. Because, you know, you, you look at my resume, I've always had a full-time job, but then I've had, you know, different side gigs here and yeah. there. Wouldn't it be great for an organization to allow me to have that side gig at the place where I really work? Right. And right. wouldn't it save uh, money instead of paying a travel nurse, paying yeah. what I would be making across the street at this organization? Yep. Right. And that fulfills me. It, right. it lets me know that you value me, plus you value patient outcome because yeah. we have better staffing ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So now that's, that's, yeah, it's incredible. And I, to know that the, like you said, we're at the tip of the iceberg um, moment right now. There's so much to be developed on top of even just starting there. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit um, from an educator perspective um, and specifically on how you would encourage nurses um, or our future nurses. We have a lot of nursing students in our community. Um, encouraging them to pursue their career when a lot of we know a lot of nurses are leaving sure and and you know i i've kind of changed my mind on this and this might be controversial i used to tell my nursing students you need to have a year of med surge under your belt mm -hmm. before you venture out and do other things and the reason i've changed my mind on that is because through my experience and talking to people like you and, and really talking to people all over the world, nursing is not just one thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you want to go into nursing and go into nursing informatics and you don't want to do a full year of med surge, right. you still have the basics, yes. right? You still have the knowledge. Right. So I would say, I would encourage nurses to, um, if, if you're a nursing student, really reach for the stars. What would be your ultimate? Think about what where you would really like to be. Do you want to work with the World Health Organization? Right. Do you want to do um, research with NASA? Yeah. Do you want to work in VR? Or do you want to be that med surge nurse? You could do any of those. Right. And I would say find mentors who who allow you to have those newer ways of thinking about nurses. Yes. So that is, yes. <laughs> I love that. Everything about that answer. It's such a good point. And it does get drilled into us to get that year of clinical experience in before we, you know, what I really think I want to do is, um, but you're so right. And I think to keep nurses excited about our profession. We need to know that those things are possible. Um, I love that you talked about mentors. Um, we do a lot of articles and, and resource guides um, trying to help nurses find mentors. Because I think sometimes you're, 
nurses, especially new and inexperienced nurses, um, it can be intimidating. If you see someone that you're like, I want to be like you, but I don't want to ask you <laughs> like to guide me because I don't want to, you know, add to your plate. But in my experience, most mentors are, are a flattered, even if they, they aren't able to fulfill that they can connect you with someone that maybe could, um, more into vlogs than pods. You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. That's the beauty of social media and, and everything right now is you are just a couple of clicks away from connecting with people. Um, which brings me to my next question about community, which we're huge on at Nurse Tech. Um, you've be, been a part and are a part of so many different types of nursing communities. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how that's impacted your career, um, personally or professionally, um, or how nurses you think can benefit from community aspect? Oh, I think community is huge. Um, you know, when I, when I was an oncology nurse, um, a lot of our patients um, use medical cannabis and um, it wasn't until 2018 that it became legal in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So because of that experience, I actually did my doctoral project on um, helping a hospice organization create a nursing policy regarding medical cannabis and their patients who choose use medical cannabis. I helped them do legal research and, yeah. and write their policies. And so from that, um, my experience with oncology and hospice and home health, then I gained that understanding of the laws and the ramifications with medical cannabis. I've been able to go out in the community and um, speak on it. I've spoken with different hospice organizations. I've spoken yeah. to at the Oklahoma Nurses Association, um, a visiting professor in pharmacology, and I teach both undergrad and grad um, students on medical cannabis. And again, if I didn't have the community support, you know, that's mm. one of those topics that is controversial. Right. And I don't shy away from controversy when it comes to patient care or nursing education. Mm-hmm. So even though nurses can look in their community and say, mm, I think I want to get involved with that, but I don't know if I should, um, I say go for it. You yeah. know, <laughs> it, it, it's been really, really great for me and that whole community of cannabis nurses. Um, that's one aspect of community right. for me. Right. And um, then I have my nurse entrepreneur community that mm -hmm. we occasionally I have my tech people that mm -hmm. I chat with. And so depending on what's going on, either in my local community um, at the state level, um, I know people and they call on me and they ask me to come and speak or answer a quick question. And mm -hmm. so I think that goes back to being an educator, being open to being a mentor. I mean, I had one of the best mentors. I'd never done case management before. Mm -hmm. Gina Mihalich, bless your heart, <laughs> hired me. She was my director. And 
she was the best mentor and just really showed me how to do it. Yeah. Right. And how to be there for colleagues and lift each other up. And, mm -hmm. and that whole nurses eating their young thing. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think yeah. that's, that is such a important part of that mentor mentee relationship is the <laughs> whole aspect of paying it forward um, and like continuing it as a chain um, because yeah, they're new nurses, especially um, a lot of the conversations we have on here are not as like hopeful and exciting as maybe this one has been um, because there are some serious problems facing nursing right now, Absolutely. but that is such a great way to keep yourself excited as a nurse is to plug in with someone who has way more experience and has ridden the roller coaster a little bit. Um, even if it's not, you know, COVID related there, every career has its own bumps and bruises along the way. So the knowledge and insight you can gain from somebody else's experience is, is you can't find that in a book, you know, or even just in your own practice. Absolutely. And I'm still in contact with a lot of my students that I've been a nursing yeah. instructor for eight, 10, I don't even know how many years. Yeah. And I give them that respect as well. You know, I have former nursing students who've gone on to be nurse practitioners. Yeah. I'll text them and say, hey, you know, when, when I thought my kiddo had COVID, what are we, what are we treating symptomatically at home? Right. Give them that respect. And they're like, oh my gosh, Dr. Cannon, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and that's what it is, right? It's about mutual respect yes. and it's about lifting each other up. We all know it's hard. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we who've been through COVID have so many different awful stories and terrible stories, but that's the nature of healthcare. Mm. Um, you know, I was a hospice nurse. My job was to help people have a good death. Right. And that can be done. And we too can come out on the other side of COVID, mm -hmm. and take some positive lessons and go, okay, springboard, let's go. How are we going to, now right. what are we how are we going to fix things? How are we going to make things right. better? Yeah, right. Forward thinking, keep it moving. I mean, we're all, nurses are always going to be needed. I think just the respect and the um, appreciation and the validation for what we actually do. I mean, it kind of ties full circle to, to what you were saying when you stepped onto that ED for the first time and you were like, wow, <laughs> like, this is not what I, the picture I had in my head, but how exciting is that to, realize that. Um, Absolutely. And I think if we can get nurses back into whatever their first moments were, because I think we all have had those moments as a nurse where you're like, this is really freaking cool. <laughs> like, I want to do more of that or what she's doing or he's doing. Um, and that's, that's the, the sneaky way to keep us engaged, you know, and it, money and bonuses and all that other stuff is icing on the cake. But that's like the, the meat of it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just did an article where I, I contacted um, colleagues and former students and and for Nurses Week, we're going to do a little um, blurb on LinkedIn and probably our website and things. And I just asked them, why did you want to become a nurse? And that really, I got some of the best, the coolest stories, you know, about yeah. family members or friends or things that yeah. happened when they were young. and and. And then I got a little text from them of saying, hey, thanks. I hadn't thought about that in a really long time. Right. 
Yeah. Because we went into nursing to make a difference. Right. 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 Sometimes yeah. we just need to be reminded. Exactly. Yep. And I feel like we we ask all of our interviewees that question as well. And oftentimes it's someone saying a specific nurse that they remember, like when a parent was sick or a grandparent or, and I'm like, you never know when you're going to be that nurse for somebody else. Um, and so I feel like we almost have a duty to kind of put our best face forward because we, we need more people to join us. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's such a great point. And I love that you still keep in touch with your students, um, especially on a professional level. Like, you know, cause you, you always want to be like the, at least for me, I have certain professors that I still think of to this day. Um, and to know that like, they remember you too. I mean, that that's a huge pat on the back for you, for yourself, you know? Um, well, I always told them, you, you know, it, you're going to be my colleague. Yeah. Just you don't know all the things yet to pass the test doesn't make you valuable or worthy and, and yeah. doesn't mean that I'm going to treat you as a lesser. Mm -hmm. so my attitude towards you is not going to change in, you know, at the end of May or in June when you pass your NCLEX, right. you're going to be colleagues. You're just not at that point yet. So right. um, yeah, yeah. That, I love that. That's great. Um, so we always like to leave off asking our, our, people that we're in conversation with, if there's any messages you have for nurses today. Um, I mean, we have nurses from all levels um, in our community from nursing students or, or potential nursing students all the way through, you know, advanced degrees and advanced practice. Um, we always like to, to leave it open for you. And if there's a message you have for, for our audience. I think the message would be, um, you know, nursing is the greatest profession. Other people see it. Um, we see it. We saw it when we went into it. Don't lose sight of that and all the incredible work that we do. And don't be bogged down by the negativity. And yes, it's hard. And yes, I'm, I'm not trying to um, negate any of that but it is a noble profession and it is a higher standard and it is, it's not just a skill. It's, mm -hmm. it's holistic healing and mm -hmm. caring and meeting people where they are, whether it's their best time when they're having a baby or their worst time when there's a tragedy. Um, don't lose sight of that and, and take that feeling Mm -hmm. and push the boundaries of what nursing can be look to the yeah. future it's going to be it's going to be different and and make it be different don't accept what it was before it's never going to go back to how it was before covid and it shouldn't be but what do you want to make it if you're if you're not a nurse and you're not in there making it different mm -hmm. who is right yeah i love that i think that whole concept of caretaking on its simplest level, like as you mentioned, the holistic healing aspect, but then using that to like blast through <laughs> the boundaries that are, are maybe, you know, self-imposed or, or outwardly imposed on us. So awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Conan, for spending some time with us today. We will, of course, put in um, contact information for people that want to check out 
um, your career and your background and how to get in touch with you um, in our you know, various ways. This is this interview will be popping up, um, whether on YouTube or as the podcast or as a transcript. So, okay. Um, but yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. We are, right. we are, we are done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This has been a Nurse Deck production hosted by N.P. Jamie Smith and R.N. Brianna Kinney-Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.